Sludge Lords. Um, so yeah, I ate really bad all weekend. I finished the day with cupcakes. Let, let me just give you the rundown. Started the day Saturday with we went to this amazing cafe in Tarzana called CC's. Had a big omelet, hash browns, and then she ordered pancakes, ate some of those. And then end of the night after the family photo shoot, we get uh, Dave's hot chicken. Amazing. And then on the way home, stopped at 7-Eleven and grabbed some chocolate chip cookies. Now, I was doing all this as part of really kind of a test because when I had Ben Baller on the No Jumper show the other day, he was telling me that he believes so strongly in intermittent fasting and you can eat whatever you want as long as you eat it within an eight-hour window during the day. So, like, hypothetically, say you eat at 10 a.m., then you have your last meal no later than 6 p.m., and that's your whole day of eating. And people who are like real diehard intermittent fasting gurus will tell you this is how it works. You can just eat whatever you want during that eight-hour window. And as long as you have the 16-hour fast, you're good. Sounds like a good excuse a fat person would feed themselves. That's what I'm saying. Ben Baller's all like, oh, yeah, I eat McDonald's. It's all good. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, bro, I am not eating these meal preps every day for you to come on here and make it sound like all you need to do to lose weight is just eat within a more narrow window but anyway i just decided to try it out for the weekend and then yesterday i had a breakfast burrito and then we went to the mall and i ate a blaze pizza you ever been a blaze pizza dude you are destroying yourself yeah. you're like a 20 year old sorority girl for, you're obsessed with tiktok yeah but then also you binge eat and I, you're probably purging yourself <laughs> i thought about it i thought about it after the cupcakes yesterday i was like you know i could i could make myself throw up right now you're becoming like leo that's how Leo is too. Leo is obsessed with Instagram. He's on Instagram. Leo, the guy I do my own podcast. Yeah, but he just channel. DMs girls every five seconds. He does do that, but he also binge eats horribly and then gets really. Yeah, I'm gonna get back into fitness. I'm gonna start taking Adderall so I suppress my appetite, doing pull ups and squats and running. Don't and then compare the me day, intermittent fasting to him taking Adderall. These are different levels of healthiness, and you have the privilege of just being in good shape, so you don't know what it's like to have to constantly oh, look at privilege? yourself in the mirror. And and feel like you look like shit and hate yourself. You don't know what this is like. Oh, I know what it's like. No, you're skinny. You don't get it. Thing. Yeah, but it's, I'm skinny because I got discipline, dude. I'm skinny because hey, I work out. You were born that way. Listen you, to me. Were you ever fat? No, <clears throat> I would never allow it because I've always had a deep seated hatred toward. I'm kidding. Yourself? But, no. I'm, There's a, a YouTuber who I'm cool with that at one point made a whole video about how he had always dealt with self esteem issues because he was a very small man. He's really skinny, like really uh, weak, tiny guy, which never really even occurred to me. Like, oh, people feel bad about being small, too. I thought it was just me feeling bad about being fat. When I was in high school, there was a stage, and I, you're right, I was congenitally skinny, to use a big word. Mm. When I was in sophomore year, they would call me because I was on the high school dive team. And you know how like high school shit talk isn't very good or mm. isn't very logical? Right. They would just call me the Holocaust. <laughs> Not Auschwitz discharge or or Dachau laborsman. They would just call me Holocaust because I would hop up on the diving board. Hey, guys, I'm going to do a double reverse now. And I weighed 125 pounds. And I had that thing. It's an amazing name to call someone skinny. It's, just the no, it's really fucked up, but that's really funny. And then I had that thing where some guys get this, probably a couple guys around the office have had it, where when your hormones first kick in, when you hit puberty, you develop a little bit of breast tissue because your body doesn't know what the age is going Gynoplasty. on. Gynoplasty. Gynoplasty. 
I had that. Yeah. And I had a little hard discs underneath my nipples. A lot of bodybuilder dudes, even later in their life, will get it removed because they'll get in sick shape and then they'll still have this weird like pocket of fat under yeah. the nipple. A little A-cup titty. Yeah. But I get up there on the diving board, yeah, with A-cups, and I'm bouncing up and down like, hey, guys, <laughs> inward two and a half, here it comes. And people were like, Holocaust, Holocaust. And it did screw with my self-esteem. And my way out of it you was— You go home and Google it, pictures of the Holocaust, you're like— I did. Oh, this, this, is, like this is some dark stuff. Look at these people. They're getting put in. They're getting put in fiery. No, no, I don't want to get too. This deep is what this I look like. Yeah, did this even happen? Yeah, I knew we were going to get there at some point. Just, I just immediately went from shock and awe to skepticism. All I'm right. kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not on board with all that. But I, he has to cl- see. I don't have to say it. I can make a joke about the Holocaust not happening, and it's just a joke. You have to be like, I do not believe. That. I, it's, it's a lot of people have been coming into the studio lately, Adam. Assuming who, that you're a Holocaust denier. Well, no, just I, I think Nick and Fuentes. This might qualify as like the repeating word thing you were saying earlier. Like if we could we could say the H word once, but can we say it oh, 19 the, times? The H word. <laughs> My way out of being labeled the Holocaust, though, is I started going to California Family Fitness, and I would go work out with my buddy Chris Fabian. <laughs> And then my mom would make me a big milkshake after every workout. Okay. Just didn't do garbage calories, but I needed calories. God, that must be nice. And I put on maybe 20 to 30 pounds in a couple of months. And then the pussy getting began. But did the nickname stop? Yes. Was there just a day where they were like, you don't look like the thing that we've been calling you, so we're not going to call you that? Because I feel like in a lot of ways it wouldn't matter. Yeah, what what if they evolved to just calling me Jew? You know, if there was a kid in my school named Holocaust and then he like gained weight, I think that it would almost seem funnier to us to like keep calling him that. The Holocaust. Yeah. It just, and then people would just think he was a white supremacist. You ever see? Did I talk to you about the show Alone? The show I've been watching on Netflix? Probably not. Okay. Jog my memory. It's a show that's about 10 people and they send them to live off in the woods, basically. Like, I don't know if it's Alaska or it's like somewhere up in Canada or whatever. It's like completely desolate place. It's just trees and dirt and like there's water and they just live there and there's like barely any food. They have like nothing. They have like a bow and arrow, a, some stuff to make a tent with. Are these people trained? Yeah, mo- almost. Yeah, yeah, all of them are pretty much like people who've really studied like how to survive in the wilderness and everything. So they're coming in with a lot of skill sets and stuff. Like they know how to hunt, they know how to fish, they know how to build a, a, a shelter, everything like that. But it's really kind of like playing with my mind. Just so you know, there's there's four people left on the show. I think so. It's like there's three more episodes and three more people have to quit before the show's over. Yeah. And it's really kind of like changing the way that I think about my body eating and also like what you choose to do with your time because one factor that i'm seeing on the show is that people who go into this show skinny so like this is basically a starvation show because it's so hard to get food that it's like there's one guy who like killed a deer at one point he's the one guy who got lucky and killed a huge deer now everybody else is kill it with bone arrow arrow, which is like pretty miraculous right like it's insane how close did he get to it he was like 10 yards away or something i think he said like he was like and then when he finds the deer dead laying there bleeding out, he it's like an orgasmic experience. But still, even then, think about it. You cook some of it, but then you have to store the rest of it for like months to come because it's like 50 pounds of meat. So you have to basically create like this little hut to be able to like steam it and turn it into jerky, which none, none of this is shit that I've ever thought about in my life. Okay. But so 
even with all that, he then ra- chooses to ration it out throughout the entirety of him being there, and it equals up to 140 calories worth of like deer jerky every single day. But this is what I want to say: is like there is some women who like went on this thing, and they're like 140 pounds, let's say 130 pounds, like yeah. you know, standard woman, and then. There's like one that like she's outdoorsy hot, you know. She's yeah. unshaved pits. But the thing is, the even if you think they out. look all right, by the end of it, they look disgusting because yeah. everybody's losing so much weight that yeah. their fucking cheeks are super sunken. Yeah. But there's one dude who's like a metalhead drummer and or a drummer, a guitarist. I don't know, but either way, this motherfucker got so fat and went in there and in, in it, it's like I'm two months into the show right now, and he has lost like seventy pounds of fat. Wow. Which is genius because you already know going in there, or I guess maybe they didn't know, but you already know going in there, you're not going to have enough food. Like yeah. like a, a great day of calories is probably going to be like six or 700 calories, maybe a thousand because like they have to pull out, they have to go and take onions out of the ground and little cranberries and just do like anything they possibly can to get some, some calories and they go fishing, but it's turning out to be like extremely difficult. Like every time they get a fish, they fucking lose their mind. And so... I keep thinking of like, how would I kill time if I was on this island and I had nothing? Well, number one, I feel like I would spend every day all day fishing because that seems like the only sustainable way to get food, right? But then beyond that, like every single thing that you do is basically just going to burn calories. Like if you're, you want to go take some nice walks? No, you're burning way more calories. You can't do that. This whole game is just conserving calories. I think the move would have been to kill the metalhead drummer at his fattest. No, they're all alone. No cannibalism? No. How much are they getting paid? They, If they win, they get half a million. That's good. I thought it was yeah. going to be prize money around seventy-five grand, oh. and I just thought, what they're just doing this as a weight oh, loss. That's thing. just torture. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm watching it thinking, oh, I would do this just to lose weight. Yes. But, yeah, dude, it's pretty unbelievable. Like, just seeing the way that this plays out. And the crazy thing about it, too, is that, like, you get to see their different levels of motivation. Like some people will bail out like a week in, two weeks in. Some of them bailing out just because of loneliness, like realizing that like it's genuinely really hard to be alone for two months with nobody to talk to, nothing to read, nothing to watch on TV. Every single time you want to have a drink of water, you got to like go get water from the lake and then boil it to fucking drink it. I mean, dude, like it's just really every second of the time I'm watching it is just making me think about how fucking cushy my existence is and just how great life is. At the same time, though, I think being out there would put a lot of your problems in perspective. Yeah, I think maybe just having to be faced with a day to day challenge to survive in a way makes you a lot happier. Mm. You're not worrying about your ex-girlfriend. You're not worrying about if something you said near the water cooler at work is going to get back to your boss and he's going to think you're racist and fire you. If you were on the show, if you're on the show for 2 months right now, you wouldn't even know that Elon bought Twitter. You wouldn't know. Which and is you, it, it really when you think about it like that, like who the fuck cares? Why do you need to know that? Do like, we do we have to uh do the, you have to have like a is there a fat jerk off producer who's following them around with a boom mic though? Like eat that eat that grub right there, and then pretend you're gonna throw up. Oh, they're oh, filming good. themselves the whole time. Oh, they're all and, but they send like medical professionals, like there's a team who I think visits them every day or every couple of days or something to weigh them and check out their vitals and stuff. Cause there's there's one woman, the woman that I said was like decently attractive. And she was getting, like, really bad frostbite in her toes. But she had it in her head that she didn't want to give up. She wanted the money so bad that when they came and found her, she was just, like, sitting in her fucking tent, like, space the fuck out, basically turning into a zombie. Just, like, she's just, like, 
I'm so cold. Uh -huh. I, I passed out earlier. And she just, her cheeks are so sunken and she looks horrible. And then you see her doing an interview like a month later or like a week later or whatever. And she looks great. Like mm. a real human being. Would you fuck a chick with frostbite? I don't really know what that consists of. I don't think, I think there would be any. I think your toes just get black and they might have to be amputated at some point. I don't find that hot, but I fuck girls on Plug Talk all the time who have like weird yellow bruises all over their knees and stuff from getting fucked by other guys earlier in the week. Is that disconcerting? No. I remember when uh, they can do whatever they want. When Kazumi and King Croc did their scene recently. God, which... let's make this episode about that again. <laughs> did that... you get any blowback from us talking about that? I, Mia just told me that, like, oh, they talked about King Croc, but I, it wasn't a big deal to me. But I, I was, was just wondering if you said anything to me or with me that would, like, upset him further because I feel like maybe he's kind of I just, at risk right I now. I just want to go on the record as saying his cock, I have seen it be a big black cock, and it was not in optimum form that day because of nerves. That's all I'm going to say. There's a picture that I saw on the Reddit or something, and it was basically just like Kazumi holding his cock and when i looked at his dick looked like it was a, like a pinky and then i sent it i forgot to send it to our group chat for a couple of days and then i sent it to the group chat today and somebody like ad or lush pointed it out they were like yo like look at her elbow this picture's been edited and like her elbow you can see it's like totally like twisted and tight and stuff so it's like they made his dick as small as possible in the picture and i me and lena were sitting there on the couch staring at it for like five minutes like oh how the fuck is his dick that small and then that is evil we figured out it wasn't actually real. that is evil misinformation misinformation thank you reddit hey can we pull in here right now oh God, here we go bossa nova because I feel like Bossa Nova, we give him... Is he even here? Does he even want to do this? He wants to do it. Trust me. This is going to be his, really his moment in the limelight. Let's see how long he I really want to do it. I don't know how much airtime Bossa Nova gets around the office on other programs. Well, he has a podcast with Trev in them on Trev's VBC channel. So if people want to like really see in-depth into the mind of Bossa Nova... Yeah, with all due respect, not enough people watch that. That's true. We This is a fresh audience we're introducing him to. That's true. Introducing to him, rather. But now he has and, this cool like Edgar-style haircut. He got rid of the fucking Ice Spice do. And that's a reason to bring him on here and ask him what he's been thinking. Like, clearly he's trying to transition, not sexually, not gender-wise. He's trying to redefine his image. And mm. I want to know what he's thinking, why he's doing this. He bought a hellaciously expensive set of headphones. He's just a fashion-conscious guy who, you know, like, these kids these days, they're fluid. Like, one day they have curly long hair. Uh -huh. Next day they got short Buzz cut style hair. It doesn't matter. All right. One day they come in with a Slipknot t-shirt and exactly. white man dreads. And the next, next day, day they come in wearing a Bob Marley wig. It's just yeah. life. life. And they start saying man and ja. They change it up. Whatever they think is going to get them the most ass, that's the genre they adhere to until pull that it, genre pull dies it out. out. a little bit more. And, or, or, yeah, get it. <laughs> okay. So Bossa Nova. Let me set the stage here. Bossa Nova is wearing, I think, chick pants. Are those Junko jeans? Junko, um, dickhead. What are these shoes? Look at you. Those. These are Bottega. He's wearing oh, really? non-slip. Oh, these wow. are kitchen shoes. Those are cool. These Holy are shit. kitchen shoes. You wear these if you're a chef and you don't want to slip around in the Garmanger station. Is that correct? I don't know what that means. Me neither. I worked in a kitchen and this is what my alcoholic chef would wear before he yelled at me for fucking something oh, up. Non-slips. Non-slips. Yeah. They have good traction? Pretty good traction. Cool. Yeah. Good in the rain. You're wearing Jinkos, kitchen shoes. This is kind of like watching a Danny Mullen video where you have really good audio and the other person doesn't. 
Hey. <laughs> the reason or like I a lot of vloggers are like that. You the, wear the I know you wear the lapel. They I, don't have a lapel. Yet. I don't like the aesthetic of having a mic in your hand. Is I, feel it, I, yeah. I can't do it. I gotta have both hands open. Right. Bossa Nova, I'm gonna start being more generous with the microphone. Why I really wanted to bring you on here. It's not the haircut. It's not the hand tattoos. The sweatshirt. It's mm-hmm. that I understand you spent six hundred dollars. On this pair of headphones, they look like the the headphones they would give one at a shooting range, so that you didn't destroy your eardrums. They don't look sexy. Never they don't been look to high a shooting tech. Range. What do you think I'm planning? Right? Is that what you're insinuating? <laughs> you guys better watch. It's a good thing we got tone out there with that wand metal detecting me as I come in. I also <laughs> just want to make this clear: I do not have the password to the No Jumper Complex yet. I have to call Josh whenever I want access. It's very demeaning. Bossa Nova, you, you have the give password, it to him, right? Okay. Yeah, see, I'm not surprised. Bossa Nova. He's often the last person here or first person here. So he's either so he needs doing it. good or doing really bad? No, I'm just saying that for you, all you have to do is ring the doorbell. Ring, ring. I don't like that. It makes me feel like a postman or a, a no, Mormon. T-Rail said the same thing, so I could I could see that this is a common thing. Yeah, Nobody wants to be the guy who's just showing up like, hey, let me in. Yeah, it transcends race, too, me and T-Rail. Right. So listen, Bossa Nova. Both, both you spent $600 on this pair of headphones, mm-hmm. which on its own, in my mind, is a crime. Bose makes a perfectly good set of wireless noise-canceling headphones for around $300. You, you doubled that. And what's really upsetting to me, Adam, is that he financed these. He didn't pay for them all in one go. Tell me how the financing process went. Did you have to go into an office with a man at the Mac store, no get your credit run? No. So basically I financed it with the Apple, with the Apple card, and it's six-month interest-free financing. Interest free. See, that's what I was going to wonder. Like, is it, does it cost you more at the end of it? But if it doesn't, then fuck it, right? Bucks I think we have that available on the No Jumper site as well, right? Mm-hmm. I think like every site has it now. Afterpay. Yeah. Yeah. What was your down payment? <laughs> down payment for the Apple headphones was fifty bucks. That is such an impulsive, and, irresponsible. And I got it the same day. How much money do you have in your bank account? Mm, I wouldn't answer, but decent amount. Then why did you finance the headphones? I know you're lying. I think it's smart because then he has more upfront capital to continue to invest and work uh, with. Now, is he doing that? I have no idea. And it would reason it would stand to reason, like maybe not, because we're talking about relatively small amounts of money here. But if he could have five hundred and fifty dollars more capital to work with in mm-hmm. the short term, I mean he could, you know, buy candy and go sell it on Hollywood Boulevard. Boom. Now you're mm-hmm. glad that you didn't just give up capital your six. Yeah. Is it bad that I could absolutely picture you doing that? On Hollywood Boulevard? In this outfit you're I wearing right now. But... And just tell people you're 16. That was just the first thing I thought of that you could do with like a small amount of money to make. It was good. Yeah, right? I was starting to think. Well, I see like... kids doing it all the time, and I know that they have no serious capital to work with, and they're out grinding out 100 bucks a day selling Sour Patch Kids. Totally legal. Hey. Nobody's going to hassle you. They, always, in LA they, they turn into weed dealers. Yeah. Always. Isn't it sad that in L.A., I was going to say that's perfectly legal, but in L.A. nowadays, I mean, Bossa Nova could be out there slinging coke, fentanyl-laced coke, and the cops would walk by and be like, hey, stop that, and maybe just grab his bag and throw it they on the ground. They just wouldn't say shit unless somebody overdosed. Yeah, it's bad. Then they'll chase him There's down. No somebody famous order. overdosed. What? Because Bossa Nova, clearly, he wore these in here while he was setting up the cameras. He wanted them to be noticed. He wanted them to be commented You can hear on. through them. It's one of those. Right now, but I can tap this right here. And then you can't hear shit. Okay, because no, no, no. I just recently you're got headphones piece of shit. that had this I'm going to beat the fuck out of you in the parking lot. <laughs> fuck you. Uh, Bossa Nova, what were you listening to? What was I listening to? What uh, kind of music do you need $600 headphones for? 
Um, I honestly listen to more so podcasts. He was Damn. listening to a Robert Kawasaki book. Okay. Oh, that's a good one. You were, you were listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You realize that- I've seen him reading that in here one time. That's the only reason I, I like that. that. I like that he's entrepreneurial. <laughs> but Adam, wouldn't you agree that a podcast is, you need the least good audio quality to listen to a podcast with? It makes no difference. He's English a stylish English. guy. It's one thing if you he were listening- He could have bought some cheap jeans. Look, he's got these Jinkos or Junkos, as you de- degradingly referred to them. <laughs> How much are the Jinkos? Jinkos are 100 $100 jeans. Okay, that's that's good. Okay, you're listening to podcasts. Again, I would understand if you were listening to Beethoven or Dream Theater. You're like, I need to be able to hear the bass and the third guitar and the keyboard. But what you're doing is a, is a complete waste of money. Well, I do. I obviously listen to, I listen to music. I listen to music, too. Um, and I actually just swapped from Spotify to Apple Music because they have the lossless audio thing, oh. which is makes the audio quality sound way better. Um, where did Spotify. you? Like where Danny keeps getting closer to us. Where did you learn? <laughs> where did where, you learn? Where did you learn to? Have you ever felt the love, the loving embrace of another man? Excuse me. Where did you learn, or where did you pick this up to shave only the top of your mustache? Mm. Mm, good question. I don't know. I like, I like how it looks. So, I don't know. I experiment with a lot of looks, obviously. So. Yeah. What? What? Caused you to just to go from the long hair to the short hair? Like, what, mm. do, do you feel like there's a certain place you're in in your life right now, or like a personality change? Because you know, you it, you wear different clothes to, to express different moods or emotions, right? right? But like, hair is kind of like this long term expression of self, yeah, right? Yeah. Ever since I started here, everyone's known me for the curly permed hair, right? No, it's just a, a change in like my recent. I feel like I'm looking at it like a new chapter in my life. Mm. I just. Uh, I just closed on, or I'm in an escrow on my first property, so I'm just like in this. We Whoa. got a pot lord on our hands here. <laughs> he must have sold a lot of Skittles, Bossa Nova. Yeah, Bossa Nova must have some stuff going on we don't know about. That's dope. Bossa Nova, I don't even know in real estate. How did you manage to pull this off? Um, So with the help of my mother, who's a real estate agent. Oh, no. Up well, in Sacramento. He, he comes from good breeding. Sacramento, shout out. Yeah, shout out, Sac. But Down yeah. by the... Uh, the ditch or the river, wherever you said that you Down got Down by the syphilitic river. That's where his property was. You got your staff invested. It was about uh, five grand for three acres because because uh, they're the corpses of a lot of white trash women right. and their fetuses on that shore. There's a lot of fetuses. You tell, me, tell me about this property. I want to hear more about the property. Property's a condo, two bedroom, one bath. Um, Solid. that I put 3% down conventional, so... But 3% down. When you put down the same amount on your property as you did on your headphones, it's, that's worrisome. That's not a lot, Bossa Nova. If there should be a hiccup in your income, say Adam hauls off and decides to fire you one day, maybe because he doesn't like your mustache, how are you going to pay off the rest of that condo? I think I put, I put jobs, in myself right? in my in positions to where I can, you know, it's, I can cover it. He's doing great. But that is crazy. If you can put down 3%, you can kind of get away with, like, not really having a – Save up that much for the down payment. That's badass. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that mortgage payment hovering over your head? Ooh. Does that stress <laughs> you out? It doesn't because I actually have, I have a tenant already. You have a what? I have a tenant, a tenant. property already. I no. thought you had to put more down if it was a rental property. Uh, you don't tell them it's a rental it's, property yeah, when it's you an buy alleged, it. Uh, <laughs> I'm allegedly living in there right oh, now. Well, Let's hope this doesn't get back to the the person who sold it to you or the bank or whatever in Sacramento. Sydney just sat down. The oh, uh, the one lovely. the one uh, piece of feminine energy that's on this podcast. I wanted to ask Sydney. Just give me a thumbs up because you're not Mike. Sydney, are you attracted to men with mustaches? She says, "Eh." Hmm. I just I I could never pull off the mustache, and I'm just. I, 
What's... Did you grow up on? No, that's a good point. I like the way you're waving your hand in his face now. <laughs> Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova. Bossa Nova, last question. You said, I, I thought that was really profound when you said that you were entering a new stage of your life. It was as if the cocoon had opened and out came the butterfly. A very interesting time to transition in one's life. Usually one waits till after the holidays before shaving their head, before... Um, radically changing their image. What was it? What was it exactly? Why now? Um, well, one thing, I think the hair thing was just, I was getting annoyed with how long it was, and it was just always in my face. So that's why I bought the headphones, too, because I was like, I can't rock the headphones with the long-ass hair, because mm. it gets caught in the headphones, and I have to up, like, yeah. keep adjusting it. Mm. But um, when you, Whenever you have yeah. girls on here with like decorative hair, you realize, like, oh, they're probably not going to wear the headphones. Yeah, mm. can't mess it up. Bossa Nova, see, I think this was important because at the start of this podcast, Adam, again, we thought he was hustling candy bars on Hollywood Boulevard. We now know he loves Robert Kiyosaki, and he owns a piece of real estate in Sacramento. Yeah, and he's financing headphones. I, I like it because <laughs> you you were just, like, bringing him on here and, like, questioning him on his life as if you thought that his life was going to be as out of order as the average person who's associated with the Danny Mullen fiasco that is your youtube channel which is it, it would appear that he actually has his life pretty well put together which is i like how that's kind of like a plot twist for you i love it yeah. i love it and that says something about your employees the people you associate with versus me because i wouldn't be able to produce one stinking person who owns anything other than i don't know like a dildo they pull out when they bring home a drunk chick right that's all they have to their name bossa nova not you. You got a two-bedroom condo on the Sacramento River. He's got porn stars throwing themselves throwing themselves at him left and right. Is that actually happening, Bossa Nova? Mm, no comment. What's your love like life? Love life like? I am celibate. He is. I don't know if he's putting in any work, but he's definitely good at keeping anything that he might have going on away from the workplace, which is probably pretty smart. Since smart. Traditionally, pretty much everything in everybody's personal lives here has become content at some point, yeah. unless they hide it from everyone. What if Bosnova was just the shadiest bastard? He kept it all quiet, sort of like um, a Republican politician going to church. But he's the Herschel Walker of this office. Uh, that, but he hasn't taken any like strong political positions. So I I'm just saying, what if he's following porn star chicks out to their car and just flashing them real quick, just showing them little Bosnova? That directly interferes with his job, so that would be an issue. Yeah. Have you ever done that, Bossa Nova? But if in his no. private life he did some flashing, then that's really none of my business. I, I Until he gets caught. I could really see Bossa Nova being a flasher. I could see him going down to South Central, speaking in Spanish to sort of conceal his identity, and just at the train station, stop, just, hey. You know, Check this out. Old lady. Did you guys hear about that NBA player who was flashing himself to the team therapist or whatever? No. Yeah, basically he got fired, or they... Uh, what did they call it? Terminated his contract because he was flashing his wee-wee at the therapist. Yeah, it's weird that you're not allowed to that. do that. It is weird. Yeah. I, I don't like that policy. Also, I don't think... A w, I don't know why I said WNBA. An NBA player doesn't have a wee-wee, okay? They have a schlong. Not always. They have a cock. There are, we need to stand up and protect the small dicks people in the NBA. I think so, too. They're out there. You know, Adam, that I, I have a real resentment. <laughs> Oh, he's a professional athlete now. I have a real resentment toward big cocks. Yeah, we noticed. It's uh, I had to stand naked next to a certain YouTuber this weekend. Another YouTuber. Oh, uh, it, wow. it'll be soon? obvious soon. Okay. I don't know why I'm concealing his identity. Because what I'm concealing is that he's got a fucking big dick. 
But uh, yeah, I stood next to a guy with a big dick naked for a video. He's got a big cock, dude. And I just made me feel inferior. And it was the 50th time that week. Who was it? There's only one question to ask here, right? What's that? Who was it? And why? Why would you do this? He might have the same name as me. Oh, Danny uh, Duncan. Maybe. Yeah. Or it might be uh, Danny Gonzalez. Right. There could be Danny McBride, maybe. Danny Uh, Danny Trejo, yeah. Yeah. But uh, Bossa Nova, that was awesome. I think people are going to be happy they learned this about you because... This was not a scenario in which I thought I was going to learn about Bossa Nova, but I Are learned a few things. It was, I insisted we get this guy on the couch, and I, I hope you appreciate my decision. It was all right. Thank you. Appreciate that. <laughs> Bossa Nova. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Uh, if you want to learn more about my life, I do have a podcast, whichever. Right. BBC out channel. Focus on the BBC. Check it out. Check yeah. it out. Thank you, guys. Uh, have fun, buddy. Shout out Bossa Nova. Enjoy the rest of your Ryan Holiday podcast. And he, he, you know, what I like about him is that <laughs> Ryan Holiday. <laughs> there's a, there's a, a, there are three Ryan Holiday no jumper interviews for the record. I like Ryan Holiday. Great guy. He went to, uh, he's from Maybe my hometown. We get him on here like, like Destiny and get him to talk about poop and and eating girls out and shit. I would love it, dude. I don't think he would do it. Ryan Holiday. He writes really short business books, motivation books that are based on old philosophy, ancient philosophy, usually the he, He's written a lot of different books, but that's kind of his uh, current gig yeah. racket. They're good. I like him. He went to a middle school that was down the street from where I grew up. He's right. almost my age. He used to respond to my emails when I was a little kid trying to make something. That is so insane you say that, because I'm currently working on this YouTube video that is currently like 15 pages long, which if you've ever written a YouTube video, you know that this is already insanely long. But You've written a YouTube video? What kind of video is it? I'm writing that's the, a long the history script. of no jumper from the beginning every interview damn near that i ever did every little plot twist weird drama etc it's going to be like a three plus hour long video uh-huh. and i'm stopping like at 15 minutes of in 2020 time? no because it's it ends before i met you Fuck because her. like i just can't go past the ad era we're basically going to end it when we moved out of our spot on santa monica boulevard uh-huh. onto the uh, the other spot what about but, an epilogue where i showed up drunk for my no jumper one-on-one no what about it, an epilogue once there the is a part two to this video which probably will be many years from now then there will certainly be or maybe there'll be a whole sledge lords video if you kill a bunch of people that will probably definitely happen but what was i talking about mm-hmm. oh, oh so ryan holiday I used to send him my writing before No Jumper, and he used to respond and say some encouraging things to me occasionally, which is fucking weird that we're both doing the same thing. And then as soon as I started my podcast, he started like fucking with me and like, you know, I would send him some episodes and stuff. And he was, he, he was, it was kind of like a weird moment where like, you know, multiple times he's come here to do the podcast and, you know, I'm asking him for all this life, life advice about business and everything like that. And he's kind of like over time been like, I feel like I should be asking you at this point. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, that is kind of weird, even though I think he's mega successful in his own right. All of his books hit number one or near number one on the New York but Times. The, the first book I ever read from him was just about like marketing and advertising. And uh, then, um, trust me, I'm lying. Yeah, and I, I loved it. it. Yeah. And it, it totally like explained the internet. I, I feel like if I read that book right now, I don't even know how. I feel like most of the things that he said in it would seem insanely obvious to me, but mm. at the time it was revelatory. And then he he goes and writes a book about stoicism, and I'm just thinking like, those are good books. Okay, like yeah, like that that's interesting, I guess. And then the fact that they've become like outrageously successful, and that's what he's known for, and not the shit that I originally got into yeah. him for, is fucking crazy. And also, you should read his book about the Peter Thiel Gawker 
thing. It sounds great. Peter Insane. Thiel, gay Trumper, yeah. who got outed as gay by, by Gawker, Gawker and then sued them out of existence. Sued them out of existence, basically using Hulk Hogan as his proxy. And, I got to read that. Holy oh, shit, that yeah. sounds fun. Yeah. And I went to the Ronald Reagan Library in the Valley and saw uh, Ryan Holiday give a speech about this book. Ryan Holiday, he's got to figure it out because has this ever happened to you? Sometimes I will see a book on Amazon. It looks interesting. I'll order it and it shows up and it's 800 pages mm. to get through an 800 page book. That becomes a part time job. You got to be reading for two or three hours a day. But Ryan Holiday, he reads, he's an author for the TikTok age. He reads like at least a book a week. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, because I'm done the book. I, I'm pretty much accepted. I'm kind of like done the book reading part of my life. It's over. Mostly. It just doesn't work for the level of speed and depth with which I need to be going through information as a result of my job. Now, yeah. there there almost certainly are books out there that I, are essential, that there is not a YouTube video or a documentary that I could like get the same information in a faster fashion, for sure. And there are some topics that are so in-depth and require such depth that I think a book is the only logical place for it. Also, if you want to do you know fiction or whatever, obviously a book probably makes sense for that. But for me, like in compare, like I recently interviewed this author, Joe Coscarelli. I had to read a whole like this book about Atlanta hip hop and Lil Baby and Migos and Gucci Mane and just like every crazy storyline that's gone on in Atlanta history. And reading that book probably like even though I was reading like as quickly as as possible, it probably took me at least eight hours, probably eight hours. Mm -hmm. And in comparison, when I watch like a Trapler Ross video that's mm -hmm. like insanely dense with information about you know, similar hip hop topics. I mean, it's, it's going to be like an hour in comparison and it's a lot easier to uh, listen because I can do cardio while I listen to it. I never really got into doing the book on tape thing, mm -hmm. but I just feel like at this point in my life, yeah, there are very few things that I really feel like I need to read an entire book about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It can be a pretty, and the way we have to keep up with the news also, yeah, that requires a lot of attention and a lot of time. And then also you have a family, you have times where you need to sit your ass in a chair and talk into a mic for three hours, four right. hours or more a day. There's a lot of time for reading books for me. I like mindset books. Okay. I like books where they they're not about any specific topic. One of my favorite books, for instance, is The Science of Getting Rich, and it basically just drills a positive mindset into your head that's going to be applicable to everything you're doing all day. And right. that it's it's harder for me to listen to a podcast that's 20 minutes long on positive thinking and get as amped. Also, some books they just get me thinking in a way that is useful toward my other work. I just read this book by Douglas Murray, you know who he is? Uh -huh. It's called The War on the West, right. and it's basically about how people in America on the left are are just waging war against Western civilization. Right. White people, sort of, but mostly just all institutions that that our forefathers came up with in Europe. Capitalism, democracy, if I education, was, If music. I was going to read a book, I don't think that I would want to take like an extra eight hours on my week to dive deeper into the culture war and basically just like further deal with these like polar opposites because I already get all of this sort of like intentionally making me angry content from my morning Twitter dive. Yeah. You know, like I file I follow Ian Miles Chong. I follow Andy No. I follow a whole bunch of screeching ass, crazy ass liberals too. I get to see this shit playing out day by day. And there might be some value in what you're saying because having sort of like a bird's eye perspective on the culture war can be important. But 
Yeah, I just feel like you know, reading reading articles and the Times or any you know, I, I subscribe to a few different Substacks and stuff, or just listening to podcasts. When it comes to like politics and really wanting to know what's going on in the world, I just feel like the day to day updated information that I'm getting from podcasts and shit pretty much overshadows what I could get from similar books and shit like that. And then I, I feel what you're saying about like, you know, motivation stuff, get you into the right mentality. For sure when I was younger, there was a ton of value that I got out of like reading books about, you know, business and, you know, philosophy and how to think about your life and everything. But in a lot of ways I feel like I just kind of like reached a point with like business text that I just didn't need it anymore. And like now most of the shit that I deal with business wise pretty unique situations Mm -hmm. that i'm just not gonna find a book that really like tells me about the stuff that i need to know about and it's mostly stuff that i am gonna learn from like 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 the art of interviewing i've learned way more from having those conversations with dj vlad than i have from anything that i've ever read about it because it's such a small percentage of people who have to be having like Mm -hmm. interesting on-camera conversations they don't mm-hmm. write books about that because it, it appeals to a tiny, tiny group of people. And as a result, I feel like a lot of times the knowledge that I am searching out is too specialized for me to find it in books. You know a book I got? Maybe I'll get you this for Christmas. The Bible. I'll get you the Bible for Christmas. All right. We're going to stop using naughty words on this program. Dude. But uh, with, I, with the baby, I'm like actually like. Every single time I swear, an alarm bell goes off in my head. That's yeah, like, stop swearing because the kid. Yesterday in the car, I say, "Hey, this fucking guy." I'm talking to my girl. This fucking guy. And my kid just goes, "Fucking." Oh. Oh my god. Good. Oh, yeah, that's not good. Yeah. What were you saying? Fucking. Oh, the Howard Stern book. Howard Stern comes again, and I know a lot of people have a lot of negative opinions about Howard Stern. Right. Probably justified really because of how he's, a pussy, yeah. he's become a huge pussy. He's yeah. basically become a mouthpiece for state propaganda, but. He put out a book, Howard Stern Comes Again, which is just his compiled best interviews. Right. Which I think would I read be that very, actually, yeah. You did read it. Yeah. Look at you're on top of your shit. People My mom see the bought me it for Christmas or something. And you read it? Yeah. Was it good? Yeah, it was interesting. I had a lot of good observations. Yeah. He his original story, the movie Private, Private Parts. Parts. That's inspiring for I guys saw that like in us. high school. I fucking loved it. It's great, dude. I grew up listening. I would do my paper route, route in the morning, and I would listen to Howard Stern, and then I would like go home and take a nap at like 12 while listening to Howard Stern with his fucking warped worldview being piped into my brain while mm-hmm. I slept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was great, dude. And that motherfucker, I mean, he wasn't a pussy back then. What he... about the Sludge Lords Patreon? We do a queef contest. We do all the stuff that Howard Stern used to do, but we do it our way. Our way. Because <laughs> he With, would have queef contests all the time. I remember being a kid and thinking, like, this is insane. Like, where where the fuck do these women come from? Yeah. They're yeah. proud of their queefing. What other contests do they have? I, I'm not a big... They had the smallest dick contest. All kinds of just which was stuff about retards and just... Yeah, a lot of retarded people. A lot of retarded people. A lot of retarded people floating around. A lot of... Uh, yeah, dude, the smallest dick contest. I remember they, they paraded out a black guy. A bunch of your friends should probably sign up for that. Including me, I should be at the front of the line. You could be in there. Um, no, I, I. But the other thing that they did, they did the biggest whore contest, <laughs> and that's how I found out about the eighty guy cum burrito. We got Kazumi. I think Kazumi would proudly sign herself up for that. Yeah, but she's just gonna lie. Like this was before the era of girls lying to increase their OnlyFans revenue. Mm. Now this is what these girls do. They just paint themselves as being the biggest whores, and they do disgusting, irredeemable behavior, like having sex with King Croc. I think that was a good business move. Okay. 
I think it's going to help her career. We should <laughs> talk King about Croc, King Croc's going to go rogue and like hate me for bringing this up over and over, right? Uh, maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> I like King Croc. Yeah. He just I, has I to like deal with the King consequences of his behavior. Yeah, shit happens, dude. But I think what we should do, I want to go to the bathroom real quick. So I've been slugging coffee. I think we should both recount stories of the biggest whore you and I have known in our private lives. Because a girl comes to mind right now, and I'm sure one's coming to mind for you. I'm too. ready. Yep. Let's go, do it. go take your little tinkle. It's going to be a medium-sized tinkle. All right? Whatever as long as that's understood. And I'm going to have Bossa Nova watch. I love that. First of all, I want to say real quick before we get into the biggest horror contest, mm-hmm. I like that the toilets are black because flushing after a pee is optional. Yeah, they were already like that when we moved in, right? I think. I don't think we like installed black toilets. That wasn't a conscious decision to no. make the office feel more inclusive. I don't think we would have changed the toilets for no reason. Tell me about this this slut story that you want to hit me with. So, when I was at UCLA, there was a chick, hot. Okay, I would see her around campus, and there would be a little bit of tension. You know how when you feel like uh, you walk by a girl and it feels like you're both negatively charged, maybe positively charged mm. batteries, and you could feel your energy interacting with one another. I would always feel that, and I wanted, to, I wanted to meet this girl. I wanted to see what she was all about. Well, one night, my buddy Nikolai happened to finger her at our frat house during a party. I got insanely jealous. Mm. But maybe the next night or, or a week after, she comes over because her and I, I think I messaged her on Facebook, she brings a bottle of Jim Beam and says she wants to watch the new Dexter like, that was our first date. Remember Dexter? Oh, yeah. It's a serial killer show. Any girl who wants to watch a serial killer show on the first date is categorically a whore. I didn't watch the original, but I watched the new season that they just did for some reason with my girl. Was it good? Yeah, it was pretty good. I've never seen the first season, though, so I feel it like was I dope. missed out on a lot. It was dope. But her and I are just, I mean, when you bring over a bottle of Jim Beam, it's not a nightcap. It's we're getting blacked out. That girl's telling you something, yeah. I, for some reason, we didn't. I remember why we didn't have sex in our rooms. Our rooms, Adam, for the sake of space, we had lifted bunk beds, and the clearance between the top of your mattress and the ceiling was only about a foot. Mm. It was as if you were sleeping in a coffin. Ugh. It's actually kind of cozy to sleep in, not great for lovemaking. You could hit it from the side. I could have hit it from the side. I didn't know about that back then. I, I, I was a pure missionary. I don't know if I was, I was like really a cave person. It from the side when I was like high school, like early, like late teens. Like, was that really hitting it from the side yet? I don't know. I like how you act like hitting it from the side is this this key to unlocking a woman's <laughs> orgasm. Well, so make, it changes everything. Making it through the pregnancy. I mean, that was just the only position for like six months there. Hitting it from the side, baby. Yeah, it's great. I take her down to the library at Beta Theta Pi. That was the communal fuck place. One could get an STD from sitting on a couch down there and reading a novel for 15 minutes. Right. It would just come through the faux leather. Seeping in, yeah. Seeping in. It it was usually already on the leather, and then an innocent person would sit and contract something. Because just so many people fucked on those couches. Whenever there was a party, if you didn't live in the house, you just fucked down there. Yuck. We go down there, and we start just going at it again we each got half a bottle of jim beam in us and i at one point put my finger up her ass and i'm eating her out and out of somewhere i didn't know exactly where because this is the first time i'd experienced this i get hit in the face with a beam of water that feels like i was five years old again (sighs) and i got shot in the face with a super soaker she's a squirter Big time squirter. In the library. Big time squirter. Control yourself. Yeah, I think uh, one of the casualties was the Odyssey first edition up on the shelf. Damn. It it got wet. We had to throw it out. 
I, I find out later, because like her and I are hooking up all the time. She just starts telling me. I remember one night, her and I are on Vivance, and we take, it was this kid, uh, Thomas Walter Cook in our house. He's on like serious heavy-duty Vivances. 30 milligrams at least, maybe even more. You would take one of these, and you would feel like you were high on methamphetamine. Well, we were up all night, and she was just basically telling me about her whoredom. She'd fucked 100 dudes at UCLA and all of her friends on the ski and snowboard team. She was in a sorority, but she basically got excommunicated from the sorority for being such a big whore. Because she was, you know how chicks, chicks don't like whores in traditional world. I know you move in a little bit different circles, but in... I think the world is changing. I pray. This was 10 years ago. Right. But the thing was, these other sorority girls would be super uncomfortable bringing their boyfriends or their man crushes around this chick because they knew that if this chick liked what she saw, she would be Facebook messaging the guy Hmm. and trying to fuck him and stealing him away from the other girls in Kappa Kappa Gamma. So this girl basically can only hang out with the ski and snowboard sluts. They threw her a party when she hit 100. Now... Me and this girl, at one point, I think the climax of our relationship was I had sex with her uh, during a cocaine party in front of like six people in an apartment. Just she didn't mind at all. She had spent that spring quarter in Africa, though. She was studying abroad. And I remember I wore a condom because I knew how bad the AIDS epidemic was over there. That seems reasonable. And I figured she fucked at least a couple guys in Mozambique. Yeah, I mean, if it, she's not presenting a test. In yeah. general, yeah, which that I would say wrap it up. That's one of the better things. But about if they've your been industry. overseas, for sure, especially in Africa. Well, I mean, the AIDS thing is real, right? It's real, dude. And then, so I, I, gra- I graduate, and I come back. I come back because I would do that all the time because my real life sucked, and all that I had to look forward to was going back to college and partying with people who were in college. Because like I, I didn't have a shot at regular bars. I was unemployed. I was a fucking loser. I get back there, and I've learned that she's pretty much systematically gone through the Beta Theta Pi house and fucked any man who was white and over five foot six. Wow. Everybody I knew in the house who met the who met those dimensions had sex with this chick. Right. All of them. And by that time, I think her number was close to 150. I had a girl on Plug Talk the other day who told me that when she went to college— because she was 22 at the time of doing the Plug Talk episode, and I think she, this, she's talking about you know when she first went to college, so she's like 18, 19. She said that she caught 200 bodies in the first couple months at college. She said that every single person at her college, I think it was Arizona State, is on Tinder, and that it is so transactional and so normal for everybody to just be fucking each other up there. I love how you said she caught 200 bodies as if she's up (laughs) on a roof with her vagina on a fishing pole. That's how I picture it as well. And that just like gave me this peek into what life is like for at least some small section of privileged college students that they're able to just sort of live out these sexual fantasies like this because for me there was always just so much of this weird cat and dance throughout my you know teenage years and early 20s and stuff where it's like you know people they people want to fuck but they want the girls want the guys to put in some some amount of labor to sort of like prove that they respect the girl or they like to you know 
come up with some sort of weird scenario where they kind of feel like you might date them, you know? And like, it was always just like, it sounds like these kids are just being so much more straight up about it. Whereas that was such a rarity throughout my life that girls were just like, yes, I just want to fuck. What was your college experience? What, what degree of college do you have or not have? I went to college for two years. First year was, I was still living with my parents going to community college. Second year, I went to UMass Lowell for one year. I lived on campus. I was straight edge still. I had a girlfriend. You were literally straight edge. Yeah, I didn't drink or do anything. I had a girlfriend. I did fuck a lot of other girls while I was there, but I didn't like go to parties or anything like that. So like in that way, I didn't really have the college experience because like all my free time, I was going to hardcore shows, riding BMX bikes, going on yes, riding BMX bikes, and then shoplifting slash doing credit card scams. That was my whole. And that's pretty much why I dropped out of college, basically. It's just was, was your father proud? He really didn't know about almost any of this, even to this day, really. What do you think? I think the most embarrassing thing is the BMX riding. <laughs> Everything else I can get down. I wanted to, I was sort of shit on your, your horse story there. Like, this, this is the one girl who really like stands out to me when I think about that. Is This is, I guess, like right before No Jumper. It's like 2013, 2014. And there's this girl, and her name is Chanel. And, I, and we all at some point started calling her channel, which just seemed really <laughs> funny to us. And I laughed. She, I like it. she was a slut of the ilk where she would she lived in the OC and she would drive to our our house, our apartment in Koreatown on like a Friday night off Xanax. Oh. She was a mother. She had a kid. Oh. I believe that like her mother was taking care of the kid the vast majority of the time. But she would drive up, like, because we, me and my friends would go to the bar and, you know, strike out, not get laid, <laughs> all come back to the house. At some point, I would start texting her. And this only maybe happened like three or four times, but I would start texting her. And what then, time is it when you start texting her? Maybe like as soon as I start to realize that I'm not going to get laid by going to the bar. So like, you know, one in the morning, like 1230, that kind of thing, you know, uh, start to realize like, Ugh, there's not really any good prospects in here. Maybe uh, I should call up old, old faithful. Uh, and so, you know, I'm hitting her up. She fucking drives from the OC and, you know, would get to our house like soon after we get home from the bar. It's like two, two thirty. You and guys she- are doing blow or you guys doing drugs to keep yourselves awake? Me and my friends would maybe be doing blow and drinking, but maybe just drinking. And then she would she would just show up and she would like literally go room to room, fuck everybody, and then leave. How many people? I think like the most was probably like four dudes. It's a lot of dudes. Yeah. What did Chanel look like? She was all right looking. She wasn't White? too bad. Yeah. White girl? Yeah. Can you give me any specifics on her dimensions, mm. ass, breasts? No. But she was acceptable looking. Wait, wait, and are you gonna give away her identity if you tell no, me those things? I just don't there's like literally nothing worth mentioning. What was she, she was on a okay scale of looking. one through ten? Five. She's a solid five. <laughs> She's right middle of the road. That's probably being a little generous. but uh, And then I remember a, a, maybe a year later after we had this whole little, this, this maybe only lasted like a couple weeks or, you know, whatever, where she would just be coming through from time to time. And then I'm at this hardcore show. And <laughs> exactly. And I see. Well, A, she's there, which surprises me because I, I, I did know that she was getting some hardcore dick, but yeah. I didn't know that she was going to be at this particular show. She rotated show. through the band Baby Guts. I see a friend of mine who I know from New Hampshire back in the day. I literally haven't seen this guy in like 15 fucking years. And I'm just like, Josh, what the, like, you know, it's like whatever the fuck his name was. I'm like, dude, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. This girl is standing right fucking here, right? And I just notice her looking at my my homie like really just kind of like eyeing him up and down or whatever and i just say to her i'm like 
you want to fuck him or what? And she's just like, I would. He's hot. And he's just like, I'll fuck you right now. You want to go out to your car or something? <laughs> and she's just like, I don't want to get fucked in the car, but Adam's house is like, you know, however far away. And we just like literally like just hop in her car, drive back there. She lets us both fuck. And then we just like drive back to the show. And this was like a 40, 40 minute little like debacle. We just yeah. go do that and then go you back. catch the headliner? I don't remember who was performing, but probably. I think it was Deer Militia that night. Anyway, I'm just saying, bro. She was Ooh. fucking. She, I've, I've never met a girl who was just like just craving dick like this it was fucking weird and, yeah. I, and i dabbled but then i yeah. ultimately i was just like we could, i gotta stay away from this. this is dark energy dude i've uh i've had a lot of girls like that <laughs> people who are fans of my podcast they'll know that i have a buddy named adam foo mm. who's a very successful jewish real estate developer right him and i have been in literally 15 group sex scenarios it's just weird. For some reason, two very different backgrounds and appearances, but for some reason, girls who find him attractive find me attractive. Right. And so we've been through so many of those situations where a girl will come home from the bar and be totally indifferent as to who she fucks, and usually that means she'll fuck both of us. And to me, that's kind of like the hottest thing in the world. A girl give. We talked about that. That sounds <laughs> yeah. familiar. Like a girl just yeah. giving herself up. Just really debasing herself. There's really something about that. I think the days of the the wanton sluttiness, I think they're going away. I've talked to some guys at my fraternity at UCLA, not on the best terms with those guys. Well, I think because, virginity is on the rise. Is that a serious statement? Yeah, people are having less sex. Like less young men are sexually active now than in the past. I think. I think that's. Be the, I don't think that's because young men are choosing to move toward God. I think young men are just becoming no. less and less effective. As human beings, well, the and therefore sexual women marketplace want is all to do fucked up. Like the girls are able to easy, more easily travel to the top of the pool and like fuck the super successful guys. Yeah. So like a true. lot of guys are kind of getting left on the shelf, and I also very think true. it's kind of like the splintering of the in interest graph in the sense of like, in a lot of like a lot of things are affected by this, like bike riding. Let's bike, talk bike riding was popular in the eighties. As with skateboarding, as were like basketball, baseball, whatever. Think about that the, the number of choices you had if you were a kid in 1983 of what you could really do with your time. There wasn't that many things. Now there's fucking infinite things. Mm. So like everything kind of gets smaller as a result. And I would say that that's sex is kind of like that. Like there's a lot of dudes who just literally choose to like spend all their time online playing Fortnite or whatever mm -hmm. and kind of like just their interest in Fortnite is so hardcore that they're just not developing as like people who are going out there and having sex. If you grew up in the 80s, there weren't that many other things to do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. There's two things I want to talk about there. First of all, you mentioned that women have much easier access to the highest tier men. I think that's totally true with Instagram. Instagram and everything has just completely fucked up the marketplace. It used to be that the most likely people for you to have sex with were the, the girls who lived in the general proximity of where yes. you lived and nobody else. Yes. And there is an inherent mismatch between men and women of the same age because women that are 20 years old are always going to be higher value than men who are 20 years old. And I appreciate you for turning this into a Fresh and Fit episode. Is that the direction we're moving in? <laughs> well, Should we avert course? This is just kind of like the thing that they talk about a lot is like how the sexual marketplace is all demented and stuff, which I do think is 100% true. This is the first time I've ever talked about it in really? depth, so I'm oh, well, starting to understand I'd it. love to hear your observations. Y yeah, so uh, like a 20-year-old dude, it, it used to be, say, 10 years ago, if you were in community college in Sacramento, California, and you were 20 years old as a guy, you lived with your mom, you had zero net worth, and you had a uh, really bad pill problem, mm. the hot 20-year-old chicks were still likely going to have sex with you because their only other option would be maybe... A, an older, higher status dude right. meets them at the bar 
and has some game. But if he if that happens, it's going to be face to face, which is less likely because people just can only meet so many people face to face in the physical world. But nowadays, I remember my girlfriend showed me that like an NFL kicker had DM'd her right before her and I got together. Right. And that's just one example. There are girls in L.A. that are getting DM'd by the very top of the entertainment industry, fashion yeah. industry, Hollywood. And what, and those girls are 20 years old. They might live with their parents and have no net worth to their name, but it doesn't matter because they're in their sexual prime. And they are getting paired off with the absolute highest status men, which leaves dudes in their 20s now high and dry to Whereas play Fortnite. When I was 18, it was like, if there was some girl that just so happened to be like supermodel, well, maybe not supermodel level hot because those kind of girls at some point are going to get recruited to go become models or whatever. But, you know, there was like a lot of like, in my mind, quite attractive girls who were dating piece other pieces of shit like myself like mm-hmm. who lived in this area and were in the same fucking income bracket and now it's just so easy for those girls to sort of ascend that ladder mm-hmm. and i think that that's kind of it's a tragedy it's, it's very upsetting for a lot of uh, young guys who and they, they don't really know what to do with their anger over that mm-hmm. and then also the way that the shit is warped is just the fact that with the only fans and everything it's like <clears throat> i mean there's nothing wrong with all these girls being able to make so much fucking money off OnlyFans, but certainly to a lot of guys, they look at that and they're like, oh, the world is deeply unfair and I am not benefiting from this in any way. Like, it's just so much easier on attractive women. Yeah. And a lot of guys just seem like they have a lot of built up anger about that, mm-hmm. which as much as I empathize with the girls more because I'm kind of in their situation in a lot of ways, I understand why those guys are mad about that, too. Mm-hmm. And then the other point you brought up earlier was that dudes are locked in on Fortnite or Call of Duty. Right. And I wonder or how much... Or watching Destiny. Or watching Destiny There's streams. There's 10,000 guys who are just watching Destiny all the time and not out hunting ass. That's 10,000 bodies you don't have to compete with, guys. And that's nothing compared to the 80,000 people that are watching XQC and the 100,000 people that are watching Pokimane beating mm-hmm. their dick. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those guys who are watching those streamers probably have big penises, so I'm glad those guys are out of the fucking market. But I wonder how much of this... So definitely the rise of the mobile phone. That Because I... I graduated college right when the Instagram app became a thing, Mm. when you had unrestricted access. Because when you had Facebook desktop, yeah, you would go, we would call it carpet bombing. You would message random hot girls that were three links down the social chain from you. They knew a friend of yours. Maybe they knew one of his coworkers, and you saw them as a mutual friend. Very distant. You could send those girls a message in 2008 over MySpace or Facebook and maybe get a reply. But the mobile app and the Explore page, that changed a lot. And then also that got a lot of people, a lot of whom are men, addicted to their phone. And then you add in the video games and the pandemic where everybody was locked up at home for a long time. And it's fine if chicks are doing that because chicks value a lot of it is based on their age and beauty. And that isn't really detracted from from being addicted to their phone. But guys, when you're addicted to your phone, that's directly detrimental to your uh, your most powerful mating tool, which is your ability to accumulate resources. Right. And now when I think about being single sometimes, I just wonder, like, to what extent just going out is just the most inefficient way of meeting women as opposed to using one of these dating apps. Mm-hmm. When I first got on Tinder, it felt like the biggest godsend ever mm-hmm. in the sense that I was just meeting all these fucking random chicks from different walks of life. And then it ultimately ended up being the thing that kind of killed dating for me because 
it stopped being like going out and having to like work up the courage to talk to somebody and it became like micromanaging 50 fucking tinder conversations at yeah. once and trying to figure out a date and then maybe you know you, you don't fuck on the first one so you gotta go out again and it's just i don't know he just got over it so fast and isn't it fun isn't one of the biggest appeals of being single and dating to be in vegas with four of your best friends it's 9 30 p.m maybe you got a line of coke in your system mm. maybe you're six shots in a budweiser deep you get to the bar you get to the club you're hitting it off with a girl you go in for the kiss and she reciprocates oh, amazing isn't that one of the greatest pleasures of life beautiful so much better than arranging uh, a dick down session at 6 p.m. with a girl you met on Tinder, right? Or Instagram, for that matter. If you're a high, if Drake DMs a fucking supermodel and she comes over and blows him in his infinity pool, not as fun as going out and recruiting ass and earning it, right? As a young man in his 20s. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Like, I was I was watching old vlogs because I'm writing this history of No Jumper. I was watching some of my old vlogs from when I went to South by Southwest in 2016, and me and my homies had these like four random girls that were hanging out with like the whole time and that's the best you know i don't i didn't even bang any of them i banged like a couple other different chicks but like in the vlogs we're all drunk and there's like one girl with big ass tits and we're all just like touching her boobs she's just letting us play with her boobs it's, it's very light-hearted stuff it's totally consensual all good i, I privated the video many many years ago yeah. because it just looks a little bit odd because, like, I don't know, to the average person, I guess, like, it would be hard for them to fathom, I guess. Or the average, like, woke young kid these days, it would just be hard for them to understand the level of debauchery that we're on. And I just, like, when I look back at that shit, because now I think that it's, like, pretty important to just be low-key about your sex partners. Unless you have, like, you know, me with the porn thing is different. But I, I like the way Boston Nova keeps that shit close to his chest. I yeah. think that that benefits him a lot in the long run. But... In those vlogs, I'm just like making it so unbelievably, unbelievably obvious every chick that I'm kicking it with, and it's just I find it so fucking cringe now because I it, now if I were single, I would just be so much more low key about yeah. it because it's just so much harder to juggle a lot of girls at once if they like, they all know about each other. I've done the same thing. So I had a, a video we shot in Texas where a chick with big fake tits was letting us all feel her boobs, mm. and I had an armada of other videos where the thumbnail was me making out with a girl in public. Right. I'd had all these making out with grannies, making out with black girls. All of those are privated for the same exact reason. They were cringe, like you said, but also nowadays, anything where the premise is basically I, Danny Mullen, get pussy right. is unbearable to me. Yeah. I can't do it. It's I know because and, and think about it. Cause like with the plug talk thing, it's like, there's a lot of incentive for me to present myself as this like Dan Bilzerian type guy where mm -hmm. it's like, you know, look at me, look at how great my life is. I'm just surrounded by hot chicks all the time, but I'm so real about my life that I'm just super honest about the fact that no, I go and I do that content and mm -hmm. then I go home and I'm like a normal person or I come here mm -hmm. and I just am not like trying to live this crazy ass debaucherous life, you know, but there's like some benefit, I guess, in presenting yourself as that. But I also feel like that stereotype, that Hugh Hefner thing, like we recall Hugh Hefner warmly and people fucking hate on Dan relentlessly mm -hmm. these days because I feel like that persona just doesn't work as well these days yeah. for you to just be the guy who's like the pussy getting yeah. guy. And you see it all the time, too, where guys like Trey Songs who has that kind of reputation and now he's facing all these fucking uh, accusations and whatever. It's like, I don't know. I feel like most of the times when dudes take on that like lover boy personality, it doesn't really work out these days. Mm -hmm. Um, 
Yeah, and, and I know and you also, don't know who Trey Songz is. I, I don't. Okay. I, I, I can put it together. He's uh, he's an R and B singer. He, oh, I thought, okay, yeah, he puts out some 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 good tunes. I assume. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Hugh Hefner, he started to get shit for it at the very end, though. Oh, yeah, like yeah, I yeah. understand that all those girls from like the Girls Next Door, Holly, whatever her fucking face, and Twatty McGillicuddy, all those chicks. I think now we're doing like a docu series where they're canceling Hugh. Mm. And I saw a couple, a few girls were going on Howard Stern after they were engaged to Hugh and then broke it off. They would go on Howard Stern and tell all about, oh, he's a geriatric creep. He would make me stay in and watch Charlie Chaplin movies with him. Then he would masturbate and go to bed at 4 p.m. So it got to him, too. And What's wrong with that, though? There's nothing non-consensual about what you just described, right? But isn't that the thing with the Me Too movement is a lot of times perfectly consensual stuff was turned into outing these guys nonetheless just because they were a name who got pussy. I don't doubt that Hugh probably did some weird-ass shit throughout his time in the spotlight. Hugh seemed pretty damn progressive, though. Was he? Yeah, he was the first guy who he was really big on civil rights and he really elevated a lot of black people in the arts. Uh, I I don't know in which capacity exactly. (laughs) Photographers, musicians, something like that. I know it's true. In general. Yes. Help the blacks. Absolutely helped the blacks. Great guy. Was not a And that's something to be said for that. When you're fucking 90 years old and you were progressive in the 50s, you are a saint, basically. But yeah, dude, he had so much twat around him. I'm sure a couple times he had too much, uh, I don't know, Hennessy. I sat next to Larry Flynn in a restaurant like six months before he died. And when I say restaurant, I mean like an extremely fancy Beverly Hills hotel breakfast type thing. Mm Mm-hmm. And he was sitting right there in a gold wheelchair. Gold wheelchair. And then that motherfucker died. Uh, gold coffin. Probably. A I lot don't of, know. A lot of those guys. I worked at the Wynn in Las Vegas, and Steve Wynn, he had to step down from the CEO role because he was personally interviewing. Even when he was 75% blind, and in his late 70s or early 80s, he would personally interview all the cocktail servers and all of the pool waitresses. And I guess he'd get real, real creepy. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. you gotta, you got to fight against that urge dude it's isn't that scary to know that it's still there when you're blind in 79 (laughs) yeah but these are dudes who are just like so used to abusing their power you know like i could just never imagine like even if i chose to live the most hedonistic lifestyle if i just wanted to be fucking nonstop and just hanging out with a million different chicks a week like the the that the fact that you the way that you want to express that or experience having a lot of chicks around you or whatever is to like then take that to your workforce. That's some like really mm. weird, creepy shit. Because yeah. there's like if you have that much money, there's so many girls that mm. you could get to consensually spend time with you. Like you wanted to inflict this on all the fucking casino dealers. Yeah. It's just so it's such a sign of the times though. Cause that shit was probably so fucking unbelievably normal at a certain point in history and then has just progressively become more unacceptable as time goes by so in other words if you went on a week-long bender and you were just having every girl in the industry every hot instagram chick over to your place fucking them you'd walk through the door on monday morning and just kick bossa nova in the stomach yeah just fuck you, Bossa Nova. I want to ask you this. Like a cat? Like you're just mad at, <laughs> mad at the other cat for no reason? You just attack him? What if he actually went, <laughs> when you kicked him? What if he has cat reflex? He looks sort of cat-like. Yeah. But what I, what I was curious cat-like about is this. human, yeah. if, if you and I had a contest and we were like, hey, we see how many chicks we can topple in a week-long window. Winner gets 70 Gs. <laughs> 10 Gs for every day. 
I wonder what number we could real. Obviously, you would win. I'm conceding that. But I wonder what number if we didn't do anything else that week. No podcasts, no comedy stuff, no videos. We just try to bang as many chicks dawn till dusk for seven days. What number we would come up with? Oh, what do you think? You well, got? number one, I don't think I. I mean, I'm probably gonna max out at like four nuts a day, right? Oh, do I have to finish with all of them? Kind of just put if you put your penis in, it counts. This is the thing: is when I look at my DMs, I don't feel like I get a lot of DMs from like attractive, eligible women mm-hmm. because of the fact that I'm in this extremely public relationship. Yeah. A lot of these chicks, you know, it's just like it's, it's different. Like I'm sure they're like my girl, but even my girl, she doesn't get hit up by like a ton of like big celebrities or anything. She did early on when it wasn't obvious that she mm-hmm. was in a relationship, mm-hmm. but like you know, I, I don't think a lot of girls are like eager to try to like get in between a happy relationship. But I do get hit up by some fucking mutants, bro, <laughs> from some real. They're valid. Dude, in this contest, they're valid. Like, if the, if the question is not like my physical ability to have sex with all of them, I think that I could get a hundred. Unattract- like if attraction doesn't matter, I think I get a hundred chicks hanging out with me in a week, and you no put problem. your penis in all of them. Well, I think I could if if the fact that I don't want to get like a thousand boners is a factor. But like when I look at my DMs, there's like a lot of like real sea urchins shooting their shot at me, and sometimes it makes Which- me feel kind of bad about myself. Like, damn, there's like no hot chicks hitting me up, but all these ugly ass chicks hit me up. I would fuck a sea. Wait, which one's the one that's a spiky ball, and which one's like the tube? Sea anemone or a sea urchin? Urchin is spiky, I think. I would fuck a sea anemone. So if, if a sea anemone DMs you, what the fuck is a sea anemone? They're the, they they're basically they look like a dick with a pussy on top. Huh. Yes, they do, Sydney. She's shaking her head. They look like a dick with a pussy on top. They're at the bottom of the ocean, and they just go. Boom. And there's a hole, I think. I think you can fuck a sea anemone. Can somebody pull it up for me on screen to see an enemy? We don't even have a screen. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's Mike's got a laptop. But uh, you know what I always liked is that rappers, like at a certain point, maybe 2016, I started to notice rappers doing this. Is that sea anemone? That is a terrible image of a sea. I think I, I see bring anything. it closer. Please bring it closer. I want to see if we can I, fuck I would it. see rappers just post a selfie and just write single. That's and I always wondered like how much ass. I'd put my penis in that. that. I would just put it in. I always wonder how much ass came swimming in when you just said single. I think, depending on your stature in the rap game, right, a little bit to a lot. Probably never zero if the right. guy is over about 100,000 followers on Instagram, though. Yeah, but that's like, it's pretty thirsty if you do it more than a couple of times. It's bad. Maybe like once. Yeah. It's, I wonder if I had to do the seven-day challenge, and for some reason, I guess in this alternative universe, you and I are both single, I'm trying to think what my effective strategy is. I think I would fish out my reach on social media very quickly. There are probably no more than five women within driving distance who would get... I mean, if I could fly chicks in, maybe we we broaden that to 10. There are probably no more than five girls a day's drive from here that would fuck me if I just put up on Instagram like, hey, come have sex with me. I feel like I would, knowing everything I know now... I don't want to spend all my time on Tinder, but I could easily have a Tinder assistant. That's what a lot of these rappers do. They have like an assistant who basically yeah. like commandeers their Instagram and like speaks to girls on their behalf mm-hmm. and tries to get the girls to come through and the girls don't know any better. I mean, once you introduce that, dude. Yes. You and I could set up a Tinder profile that just linked right to our socials, and we could probably find some bottom feeder chicks who just got off the boat to Los Angeles and they're looking for a foothold some sort of foothold that will lead them to some sort of life of imagined importance, that would be the best strategy maybe for us racking up numbers. You've convinced me. Let's do it.